Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Always proud to have you on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I thank everybody with uh, being understanding and in, in me being under the weather, unfortunately, uh, for the past few weeks here, which has affected my schedule a little bit. But we're here and we're doing well. The voice is better, as you can hear it. I sound more normal now than I have in the last couple weeks. And uh, I appreciate you being here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora to spend some time with us today. And for anybody that needs any prayers, anything uh, positive sent their way, any well wishes, which who doesn't? You know, I send those to you today. I love you all. I appreciate y'all. And I don't say I love you unless I mean it. So please know that I do mean that. And uh, I love you all very, very much. Even if I've never met you and I never meet you, I hope that you all have a great life and that you are good to each other. And I tell you that I love you because we all need a little bit of love. And who doesn't need to wake up in the morning and hear that, hear that positivity and and hear that genuineness in a world that sometimes doesn't feel genuine anymore. So my love is real. I'm sending it to you this morning. I hope you guys are having a great morning, the men, women, and children out there. And it is now my ple- my pleasure, my honor, my privilege to jump into the Fantasy Football Power Hour, or as we call it, the Power Hours. Uh, Proudly presented by the Wildcats Sports Pub, Camillus, New York. That's where you need to be watching all the games. It's not even a question. And then the Penn and Trophy Center, where we get our trophies, and you can get your trophies, even if you're out of town, by going to penandtrophy.com. It's where we get the toilet bowl and where we get our mini Lombardi championship trophy. And people love them both. And that is because the work done by Dan Monte and his staff is truly amazing. Over six decades of serving the central and upstate New York community and beyond. So to Dan and his family, thank you. And to Danny Tome, Heather Tome, and their family at the Wildcat, thank you as well. With that being said, Mike Sofka is my co-host in this beautiful segment that we do for you. Get your pen and pad ready. We never say pencil because Mike and I believe what we say. So we're not going to tell you to get a pencil out. We're going to tell you to grab that pen and get ready to go. And this is the Fantasy Football Power Hour with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. And, of course, myself, Dan Satori. You can check out all the fantasy football stuff on WakeUpCallDT.com by going to the Fantasy Football tab. And right under it, you'll find the NFL predictions. You will also find the injury report. So, with that being said, my guy Mike is here on the air, ready to go. Mike, how are we doing today? Awesome. How are you doing? Doing well, and, and happy belated Halloween. Did you did you do anything for Halloween? Do you have any any stories, any thoughts for Halloween? Yeah, you know, we, we always try to do Halloween nice. You know, usually the weekend before we have a get-together with friends and family, you know, dress up and so forth. Unfortunately, that didn't happen this this year, but uh, we were able to celebrate at home. We uh, Lisa overdoes it sometimes. She gets the, you know, the nice big candy bars, so we're a popular house on the block and, uh, you know, handing out candy. Something funny did happen yesterday, though. We were handing out candy, and you know how uh, kids sometimes come to the door in groups you know there's four or five kids or six or seven kids or whatever and 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 this group of kids comes up and it was all sorts of costumes you know stuff i don't even know what these characters are anymore in these cartoons and stuff and you know handing out well actually we 
held out a thing. It was like a giant tray and it had the big candy bars on it. And you tell a kid, take one, you know, okay, pick one, you know, pick, you know, cause you know, some kids like the thing with the nuts. Some kids can't have certain things, you know, so we offer a variety of nice candies, you know? So, uh, we're handing out candy and it comes to the last kid in the group and he's dressed like a football player. And I take a closer look. You know, and we're all like, pick one, pick one. Okay, pick one. Go ahead, pick one. And then the football player comes up, and I recognize the kid's dressed like Nathan Peterman. So I told him he could pick six. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is great. That is that that made my day. I'm very. <laughs> That's did he get it? Yeah, he got six. He got six candy bars. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's awesome. Did did he did he understand the joke or, or did it go over his head and then somebody had to tell him? I don't I don't care. Once I once <laughs> once I make my joke, that's fine. <laughs> once once, once you're once you're in it, once you're that's a that's a good one. And and uh, you know the bills just keep getting fancier and fancier. You know Matt Barkley, you know Nathan Peterman, Derek Anderson. I, I've you know I I, I used to say that I've never seen a team try to lose more than the Cleveland Browns. But now, shout out to Cleveland because <laughs> that ain't your job anymore. So, I mean, it's 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 just uh, – can we start there? Can we start with the fact that, that the Bills have have essentially uh, – I, I want to say confuse me, but I feel like that's an understatement. What do you think about about the Bills and uh, and their current state of affairs? When you're bringing Matt Barkley in, you've conceded that you have no control over anything. And, you know, I'm surprised they didn't trade McCoy. I, You know, the smartest thing was keeping him, I think, because that's the one guy they got. Look, they got some defensive players. They got a young and upcoming defense. These guys are going to are, are gonna gel together. Edmonds is a beast. Um, it, it, there's just a lot of great talent on that team that needs time to develop defensively and it's just a shame that the offense hasn't worked calvin benjamin hasn't worked zay jones hasn't blossomed yet if at all uh the quarterback situation's been a wreck you thought they rectified that with josh allen and then here we go with the with the elbow situation so it's just a shame i i mean i could see the light at the end of the tunnel i don't think it's a train it's just unfortunate in this time, you know, it is funny because of the struggles that they're having and it, you know, is reminiscent on those NFL funniest follies or whatever, you know, what, but, you know, I, I, I kind of feel for them, you know, it's, it's tough being in that situation, but at the same time, it is, it is rather humorous that they keep stepping in it and it keeps getting from the frying pan into the fire and, you know, it's just interesting to watch, you know, that's why people slow down. That's why there's traffic jams when an accident happens. Not because of the safety and welfare of the people involved in the accident. It's because everybody wants a rubberneck. We all want to see the train wreck. We all want to see what's going on. That's why reality TV is so big. And right now the reality in Buffalo is they're just not very good. Yeah, you know, and, and, that, and that's the thing is that the Buffalo Bills really, uh, they don't make a, a hell of a lot of sense. Their offensive line had woes and there was no correction for those woes. Uh, Richie Incognito trying to make that a helpful piece that didn't work out obviously that wasn't going to happen and uh you know he has his own problems and his his own 
craziness. So you you look at the offensive line giving up three and a half. You know, was the first six weeks giving up three and a half sacks a game, and then you know you got Nathan Peterman, who's an interception machine, who I thought would be better when he came in, and obviously he hasn't been. And that's why I said you know we can project, and sometimes you're right, and sometimes you're wrong, and you can't get mad at a broadcaster or a journalist who's trying to you know analyze and see what he could see, especially when a guy like Nathan Peterman did not have a bad time at Pittsburgh and did some good things. You just have the anticipation that they can translate, but not everybody translates. And then, you know, you look at bringing in Matt Barkley and you look at Josh Allen, what did I, or, or Josh, yeah, Josh Allen, what did I say? I was like, Josh Allen is one of those guys that's your, he's your future and he's got an arm, but he's behind a line who can't protect him and he's going to get hurt. And if he gets hurt, what's going to happen? And so, you know, you follow the bouncing ball in that respect. So, and, and then they bring in Corey Coleman and they let him go and they bring in AJ McCarron and they let him go. I mean, the bills just look like they picked it a bunch of scraps and rolled a bunch of die and came up with nothing. And it's unfortunate and it's sad but at the same time, hello, Buffalo. You know, we're playing in the NFL. Some teams are. And I feel like the fans deserve better because there is no answer at quarterback. There is no answer with the offensive line. LaShawn McCoy is a shell of himself. And the wide receivers aren't getting the ball to make any moves. And so, you know, uh, I just I, I don't I don't understand how a team with Thurman Thomas and Eric Moulds and and, you know, Bruce Smith and Jim Kelly and so on and so forth. I don't understand how they got here, but they got here. And, you know, Mike, I, I think that I, I think that Bills fans are going to have to pack it in and understand that they might have a top three pick this year. They're coming up next year. Yeah, that's a shame. But, um, you know, it, that'll actually be beneficial. You know, the struggles do bear fruit at the end. It's ironic, but that's what happens in the NFL you know, hopefully they don't pull a Cleveland and, you know, just keep drafting the wrong guys and, and can never seem to get it. And, you know, that's why it took a long time. There's a lot of talent that went through Cleveland or supposed talent. And hopefully, you know, and from the looks of it, I think they're on the right track now. I like, like I said, I like the defense. I like Edmonds. I like what they're starting to build, reminiscent of the Tampa days back in the day, how they built around the defense and the linebackers. And they, you know, built that defense. And then they were able to put an offense together when Gruden was able to come in and, and take uh, take Dungy's team to the Super Bowl. So but you know, neither here nor there. It's 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 it, it's a bright future. It's just gonna take time for them to get there. It's a build and a rebuild and an injury during that and it's a challenge, I know. But um you know it is it is humorous at times to watch some of these things going on and you're like how is that happening those guys oh my gosh it's like the lovable clown. It's like the lovable loser, the guy who keeps stepping in it, you know? Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's unfortunate, but it is something that's going down. We have a question to answer in just a second here. We will get to it, I promise. I do have to uh, throw this one at you, though. The Cleveland Browns, midseason, fire the coach that they kept on after being owned 16 last year. So they bring in Baker Mayfield, they bring in Nick Chubb, they bring in Jarvis Landry, they bring in Antonio Callaway, and so on and so forth. They're own 16 last year. They say, Hugh Jackson, here's all this talent. You could get it done. Todd Haley, here's all this talent. You could get it done. And yet, we are here this morning, 
at the midseason mark, a little bit over the midseason mark, and Cleveland doesn't have their OC, and they don't have their head coach. What in the hell is going on in Cleveland, Mr. Sofka? There was obviously some sort of internal struggle. Uh, you know, there was obviously some sort of contemplation over whether E.P. Hugh Jackson and whether, you know, Todd Haley was going to be around. There were struggles between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. There were struggles between some of the management, Hugh Jackson. And it's just quite obvious that, you know, the, the, the plan was set forth. And, you know, this is a team that's a couple field goals, a couple plays away from having a winning record. So that's a shame. And it, I think they're just a little further ahead of the curve than Buffalo is in the same respect of the build and what they're trying to do. But Cleveland's had the opportunity of many years of top picks and top-level picks. Unfortunately, those haven't panned out. But some of them are starting to gel. It looks like Nick Chubb is a capable guy who can take over. That's why they were able to deal Carlos Hyde. It looks like Mayfield is going to be the guy. I'm real excited for the future of the NFL. When you look at the matchups like a Mayfield and a and and a Mahomes, and you know these are these are the Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers type situations of the future that we can look forward to. So it's exciting when there's still some good football, and exciting when there you can see what's about to blossom in the NFL in respect to the teams like Cleveland and Buffalo who are going through some tough times, and you could tell they're not far away. There, you know, and it's exciting to watch something grow. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing those teams do better. And, and you know what, for everybody's sake that's on the field, I hope so. But at the same time, it's very interesting. You know, like I said, you know, it's it's very interesting to watch people, you know, respond and how they overcome things. That's, I think, what we do as human beings. We respond to, 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 to things, adversity, and it's how you respond to that adversity. It's not always what you do. And sometimes it's how you respond to what other people do. So I'm interested to see that growth in Cleveland and Buffalo. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what can happen here, you know, with Buffalo as well as with, you know, Buffalo with a rookie quarterback and Cleveland with a rookie quarterback. The Before we get into the, the games of the week, Mike, uh, really quick here, midseason firings, fan of them, not a fan of them, case by case. How do you look at everything because, uh, well, I'm not going to load the question. I'm not going to give my thoughts, but I'll, I'll ask you and then I'll give mine. Mid-season firings, thoughts on those? Well, I think it depends on the situation. I think if you're in a situation that Cleveland was in, I think it makes a lot of sense because now you have time. It's already not working. What can be worse? You know, we're already in the fire. We've already, you know, great. We unlocked the beer coolers. Everybody had a beer on us. Great. We still aren't winning enough games. So it was the ultimate situation that they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't get things going in the right direction. Everybody was pulling in a different direction. So it was unfortunate. But I think that the midseason firing puts a team ahead of the curve because now they're the first in line. They're the first job opening. They're the first one that people were thinking of when you're looking at these coordinators and sometimes they come from Super Bowl contending teams or playoff teams and they can't negotiate or talk to new coaches until after those teams are eliminated or after the Super Bowl if they're com- coming from the Patriots or some other Super Bowl type team you know the bottom line is still the same you know there there's guys out there that are deserving of head coaching jobs 
There's some guys out there that are doing good head coaching jobs. And there's some guys that you look at them and you're surprised they still have jobs. So it's a constant in the NFL. If you're hired as an NFL coach, I'm sure it's a great day. But just be prepared because there's a very good chance one day you're going to get fired. You know, that's how most of these things end, unfortunately. And a lot of these guys, this is their whole life. So some guys are on the way up and some guys are on the way down. But I think if you're in an ultimate situation where this just isn't working, just go ahead and cut it clean, move on, and put yourself at the front of the line to make something positive happen for yourself in the future. Because that's what you want. You want a better future. You want a good coach. Why not get in the front of the line? Absolutely. And, you know, put yourself in a position where you now have plenty of time to make the right decision. Now it's just about researching and making the right decision. It seems like, you know, Antonio Callaway and Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield, that those were the right decisions. Now it comes down to making the right decision on a coach. And that's something that they could spend a lot of time with and be very smart with, have somebody fill in for now. But now you have an opportunity to have those discussions, have those interviews as early as possible, and don't let anybody fool you. You know, you can't talk to this guy, you can't talk to that guy. That doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that text messages don't go back and forth. It doesn't mean that there's an open line of communication and, oh, I was just wishing him a happy birthday. So, you know, there's something to be said about that. And I think that, you know, Cleveland's made good decisions lately that were very un-Cleveland of them. Let's see what they do from here. The question that we have before we get into this week's games is Doug Martin or Nick Chubb? I have my answer. Uh, I think it's a pretty easy one. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think you got to go Nick Chubb, especially up against KC. Nick Chubb, they're going to try to make him the workhorse. Look, they're going to prove that these draft picks were right. That's the only thing they got going for him in Cleveland is that Mayfield looks like he was a good pick, and it looks like Nick Chubb was a good pick. So why not exploit that against the defense, especially in a secondary that's had challenges? Now, I know they're on the uptick right now in Kansas City on the defense, and they've been successful in pressuring the quarterback on some occasions, and that's helped that secondary. But I think overall, when your defense is relatively soft, you're still soft in other places that you've been trying to disguise or doing a good job of disguising. So I think that there'll be enough, and I think it's athleticism. I don't think it's going to be play calling, because I don't even know who's calling the play there. <laughs> yeah. I think that Nick Chubb would be a guy – that he's an athlete, they're going to figure it out. No matter what the answer is, he's going to be the guy they're going to hand the ball to. And against Kansas City, I like him. I got Chubb ranked number nine on my rankings, PPR this week. And and PPR-wise, Doug Martin, 19. So there's 10 guys in between them and 18 other guys in front of Martin I would start. So I would go with Nick Chubb, definitely. Yeah, I would absolutely go with Nick Chubb. I didn't like Doug Martin when he was the starter in in Tampa, and Nick Chubb has to be the guy. I mean, I thought him and Carlos Hyde were a nice one-two punch, but obviously the team thought different, and we stand where we stand right now. So it'll be interesting to see where you know Cleveland goes from here and if Nick Chubb can really get it done and Duke Johnson Jr. can help him out. But as of right now, you know, it's pretty awesome, and it's a pretty amazing treat 
for the Cleveland Browns fans that they have somebody like Nick Chubb who's going out there and doing what he needs to do. The hope is that you know they made the right decision with getting rid of Carlos Hyde and bringing him in. But between Doug Martin and Nick Chubb, I don't even think it's a contest. I think it's a very easy answer, and that's why Mike and I are both going with the same one, and that is Nick Chubb. Tonight is the game Oakland at San Francisco. They couldn't play preseason games. They, they had a preseason thing. They used to go back and forth with each other. Well, they did that a couple of years ago, and a fan got badly, badly, badly hurt. The violence between the fans is ridiculous. So let me preface this by saying, number one, it's all Saints Day. Number two, don't be a jerk. Number three, if somebody wears a different color than you, deal with it and understand that you can have a rivalry that doesn't have to end in violence. With that being said, Oakland is playing at San Francisco. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, this is this is an unbearable game, and I usually try not to be negative about watching a football game, but I might find something else to do tonight. Or I may have to look at this like the train wreck game. And it's quite simple. And, you know, you let me touch on something first. You talked about the violence situation. You know, I think this is nothing more than like a gang color situation. But both teams and their fans need to understand, you're one in six, you're one in seven. No one else cares. And if the best thing you can do is take the guy that lives across the bridge and, and, and beat him up, well, that's a sad state of where you're at. Look, the teams are a wreck. Both teams are a wreck. There might be a guy starting a quarterback for San Francisco that was an undrafted free agent in Nick Mullins because C.J. Beathard is, is highly questionable right now. And they're favored to win the game, San Francisco. We don't know who the quarterback is. He might be some guy who was bagging groceries somewhere last year, and yet he's going to start in a primetime NFL game with two teams that are 1-6 and six and 1-7. and seven. It's, a, it's bad. But you know what? Gruden's team has been just as bad. They've made some questionable decisions as well. you got to wonder where they're at. The bottom line is this. There's a handful of guys you may consider playing, but let, let, let me just highlight why I said this might be unquestionable, okay? With the Beathard injury, that could force the 49ers to start Nick Mullins like we talked about, okay? Now, this doesn't – it doesn't look like it's going to end well. I don't see how the Raiders aren't favored in this game, but there's still a chance. Now, listen, they're not only challenged at quarterback – they're challenged at running back. It might come all down to Alfred Morris. Breda's still dinged up. Mozart's dinged up. They're pretty shorthanded at safety, linebacker, corner. I mean, this is a train wreck waiting to happen for San Fran. Pierre Garçon was waiting to come back from injury. He's been slowed. Then he was almost traded. I have no idea what's going on with either one of these teams. There's not a lot of fantasy value. The one guy I find the most value in, ironically, is the tight end from Oakland, Jared Cook. They're going to throw the ball to somebody, and that's the guy they're going to throw the ball to. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper departing, you'd think that would give Jordy Nelson a little little bit of a bump. I think it does, but to how much? To what extent? Uh, I mean... I, I, I'm trying to find something else positive. Derek Carr is a number 18 uh, quarterback this week. Maybe if you got somebody on a bye, maybe if you got you know Dalton on a bye or Luck on a bye or Wentz on a bye or, or, or somebody on a bye, you, you know, maybe that's a fill-in for you. And San Fran, I'm just finding it really challenging outside of who? The tight end, 
George Kittle, number two tight end. So that's where the value is for both teams on the tight end position. I don't find a lot of value in any other position for either team. I mentioned Doug Martin before. He's the number 19 running back. Jalen Richard in a PPR situation, if he's able to take the field, he'll be the third down guy, maybe as a flex if you're stretching. But, you know, if you got either tight end, I don't need to tell you you're playing the right guy. And the only guys that I would play tonight in this game. Yeah, I think I think between the Raiders and Niners, I'm picking Soul Plane, which will be on BET at the same time. I, I think that that's what I'll be watching tonight. So <laughs> I think I'll be watching Soul Plane. I feel I feel safer with that pick than any other pick. Uh, really quick here on any injuries that we have to <clears throat> look at for San Francisco and Oakland, and uh, hopefully we're not including the fans on this one. So please be nice to each other out there. Don't be a jerk. Marshawn Lynch obviously is on injured reserve. Nobody else to worry about. You don't have to worry about Amari Cooper dropping passes because he's not there anymore. San Francisco, C.J. Beathard was limited on Wednesday. He has a wrist injury, which for those of you playing the home game, that's not good if you're a quarterback. Matt Breda has a an ankle injury. He's limited. And Raheem Mostert has an ankle injury, and he is questionable as well and Pierre Garçon has a knee injury and he is questionable and the offense in general is questionable you know it started out with giving a lot of money to Jimmy Garoppolo and it's become pretty much the 49ers before Jimmy Garoppolo last year so that's the irony of it all for the Raiders who do you play in this one hmm this is tough no it's not so I mean I don't know Jordy Nelson as a flex player Jared Cook Yay. And, you know, Jared's actually getting the looks that I thought he'd get last year. Derek Carr, like Mike said, if you got a bunch of people off and, and maybe he's the other guy that was on your team that you only have to play for one week, I understand that. I get that. It's not a, it's not a bad plan to have. But, you know, I would play Jared Cook. I would consider Jordy Nelson. And Derek Carr, if he's your backup, well, then you got to do what you got to do. Nick Mullins, I'm excited to see what he could do out of Southern Miss. I, I want to see if he can make it happen. So it'll it'll be interesting to see you know what what Nick Mullins will do if he gets the start. What I can tell you is I'd rather watch him than Matt Barkley. So, but I'm not liking the quarterback of San Fran. I'm not liking the running back situation because everybody's hurt and Alfred Morris is still terrible. So Marquise Goodwin eh, again, it's the quarterback issue and George Kittle. So Goodwin and Kittle, they're they're wide receiver four and tight end four in my opinion. I'm going to go with uh, uh, Jesus. I'm going to I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one and, and and Mike as I'm filling them in here on the website for everybody get, give everybody yours one more time. Yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders as well. San Fran's favorite, but I don't know how. So I I have to take the Raiders. I'm it's the lesser of two evils in my mind. So we're both taking the Raiders. Coming up next in this one, the Chicago Bears, who aren't bad anymore, and the Buffalo Bills, who, well, they're Buffalo. So, you know, Chicago at Buffalo, hard to believe the team made the playoffs last year, and also hard to believe, and I bet you all those fans were like, see you, Tyrod Taylor, and good riddance. Obviously, they might be eating those words right now as you have Derek Anderson Nathan Peterman and Matt Barkley as your options, which are always fun. The Bears had Matt Barkley as a third stringer, so that'll be cool if they get to play him again, and I'm sure that Khalil Mack and everybody else would enjoy that and eat that up just like a bear would. So Bears at the Bills, what do you have? Yeah, we talked extensively 
probably about the Bills already, and it's quite obvious how I feel. Nate Peterman, number 26 out of 27 quarterbacks I have ranked this week, so hopefully you're not in a position to have to play him. I don't even know why he would be rostered. Mitch Trubisky, number 11 quarterback on my rankings this week, so bottom end QB1. He's one of those guys who, you know, he's put together some powerful weeks, and, you know, he may not have been my starter at the beginning of the year, but coming up here, he might be a guy I might be interested in if he is out there, believe it or not. He could still be, or maybe even trading for him if you got some low-level pieces and you want a consistent backup in case, you know, your guy gets wrecked or injured, because let's face it, that's what happens to quarterbacks in this league. Usually about a third of them goes down. It would be a shame if you're 6-2, and 5-3, and three, whatever you are, and then this week, all of a sudden, you lose your quarterback in Mahomes, and now you're done. You know, so, uh, moving on to running back, I... <sighs> I'd like to say that LaShawn McCoy is a good play here, but he's number 29 on my rankings this week. You know, Jordan Howard's not much better, in my opinion. In a PPR situation, I would play Tariq Cohen above him. So if you have Tariq Cohen, he's a very high-end RB2 this week, very low-end RB1, whereas the Jordan Howard's like a, like a bottom-end RB2, high-end RB3 or flex. Uh, wide receiver, I, I'm still waiting for some guys to develop, but we can't wait any longer. I can't wait. I don't know if Allen Robinson is hurt. Taylor Gabriel's leading the league, leading the team there in targets. So if you need a, a bottom end wide receiver, three emergency flex guy in a PPR situation, he's number 26 on my rankings this week. And Buffalo, I, 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 I guess you would start as Zay Jones. I mean, he's, I guess he's technically the number two, but he might be a number one. That's the way he's producing for his team. But, a very poor number one, you know, not one that I can roster even. So hopefully these guys aren't on your roster. Hopefully you don't have to rely on on these guys. Chicago's got a good guy catching the ball, though, and that's from the tight end position in Trey Burton. He's a guy that's a bottom-end, tight-end one. They find ways to get him the ball. He's a playmaker. It's not your traditional tight end. He's, he's, he's more of a guy that they can move around and put in a slot and run all over and run these gadget plays with, and that works well for him. And, and Buffalo's still struggling at tight end as well with maybe a Charles Clay being a play, but he's number 15 on my rankings at tight end this week. So, you know, for the record, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bears big in this one. This is a lock. And, and, and I don't see how Buffalo is even going to be in this game. You know, with a un, yeah, possibly a quarterback that is capable of throwing many interceptions against a team that their defense is just tremendous. So, you know, I, I'm definitely going to take Chicago in this game. Yeah, I'm going with the Bears. The Bears as well. I have to pick the Bears. I, I don't think that there's anything that would make me change my mind on that. We have spoken about the Bills at length, and it is sad. And to the fans that think I'm I'm hating on them, I'm not. I feel like you deserve better, folks. You deserve a lot better. Taylor Gabriel, injury-wise for the Bears, he is limited with a knee injury. Allen Robinson is limited with a groin injury, did not practice on Wednesday. Khalil Mack it didn't practice on Wednesday. He has an ankle injury. That might be the best news for the Bills. They're still going to lose the game, but... Maybe they don't have to deal with Khalil Mack, but if they do, maybe they don't have to deal with Khalil Mack <clears throat> at 100%. Taewon Jones is on injury reserve for Buffalo. Derek Anderson has a concussion after being back for five minutes. Hope that he is better. Josh Allen is out with his injury. Tremaine Edmonds, who was a good pickup in the draft, he has a concussion, and he did not practice. So a lot of fun news for the Bills 
As I said, I am picking the Bears. Who do I have on the Bears side of things? That is a wonderful question. I'm so happy you asked. And that would be that I would say Mitch Trubisky in this game, especially if you have him as your backup and you need him for a week. Good week to play him. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, why not? And uh, I would look at Anthony Miller as a flex guy if Taylor Gabriel doesn't play. If Taylor Gabriel does play. And you know what? I got to say something about this. I got to interrupt myself. Whoever gets, you know, the government, you know, you, you, you have cell phones and you're supposed to have privacy. And they say that they don't track your phone and they don't track your area. I'm getting text messages about who I should vote for. Remember to vote. Okay, stop. Just stop. Stop doing it. I get phone calls from my area code that pretend that they know you and it's all a gimmick. I had somebody tell me like FBI and this and that. It's it's absolutely crazy. So let's get our phones back in our control and let's stop this big brother BS. I'm, I'm off of my pedestal now. I just had to say that because I got a text message saying, if you're going to vote Congress, I don't care. Leave me alone. So, Mitch, I'm talking about fantasy football. Obviously, I'm talking about important things. Mitch Trubisky, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, Taylor Gabriel, if he's okay to go, consider him. But I like Anthony Miller in this game because of the injuries. And, uh, of course, Trey Burton and Chicago's defense and special teams. On the side of the Buffalo Bills, let me make this very easy for you. Quarterback. Nope. Running back. Mm-mm. Wide receiver. Nah. Tight ends. Mm-mm. Defense and special teams. Do they have them? So nobody for Buffalo, and let's move on. Chiefs at the Browns. I hope this game has some scoring by the Browns because I know it's going to happen with the Chiefs. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, I'm excited to see this because, like I said before, early on, if if, you were, if, if anybody was listening, they, anybody was listening, of course you were listening. Listen, this is the future of the NFL right here, Mayfield and Mahomes. These are two guys that are going to shape what we see in the future. This is the Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady right here. This is good quarterback play on both ends, even though Mayfield is relatively young. He's going to continue to struggle. There's going to be mistakes. But Pat Mahomes is just, he's got weapons around him, and he's using them so effectively. He's got such a quick release. He's good in the pocket. He's better on the scramble. He's just a terror. And any one of those guys, Mahomes, number two quarterback for me this week, you know, running back, Kareem Hunt, He's definitely an RB1 this week. You look at the receiver, Tyreek Hill, definitely a wide receiver one. You look at the tight end. They got the best tight end in the game right now in Travis Kelsey. So you know you're starting all those guys. On the other side of the ball, though, maybe Mayfield is your bi-week filler. Maybe he's even out there. I could think of much worse things than putting a guy who was relatively hot, who in college had all sorts of, and in the combine, had all sorts of 99, 98, 97% uh, percentile statistics. The only thing that questioned a lot of people was his height. They don't, they've seen that. And they've seen that go through Cleveland before where, you know, shorter quarterbacks come in and they're scrambling, they're running around, they're doing crazy stuff. You know, we've seen that game before that hasn't worked. Mayfield seemingly making it work, and he's got Nick Chubb in the backfield, number nine running back on my rankings this week. So, you know, I think Baker Mayfield, number 16 quarterback on my rankings this week. This is a guy who could fill in real nicely for you to buy. And I like the dynasty implications of him. I think that he's going to continue to grow and be exciting to continue to watch. You know, Jarvis Landry is the number one target there. He's the number 15 wide receiver on my rankings this week. 
And, you know, David Njoku has been pretty consistent. He's been pretty consistent, a number one tight end the past several weeks. He's number nine on my rankings. So I think there's going to be some good fantasy value on both sides of the ball. Obviously, the better team is the Chiefs. That's who I'm going with. And uh, I'm excited to watch this game. Yeah, this game, hopefully, like I said, will be a good one. Hopefully, the Browns can get some things going. The Chiefs are a lot of fun to watch. You know, right now, the Chiefs and the Rams in the Super Bowl would would be the most exciting one for me. I think a lot of fans would, you know, pick a team. I think we would see a lot of people say, okay, I'm going to be red and I'm going to be yellow. You know, I I just, I, I feel like... It'll, it would just do something awesome for the country to see these two teams go at it. I really have a lot of respect for the Chiefs. I think that they've been tremendous. And, you know, and the Browns, they're getting so much better. I, I, I always have had a soft spot for the Browns, especially when they came back in 1999. So, you know, when they're playing and, and they're winning and they're doing some good things or they're at least getting consistently better, you know, it, it does put a smile on my face. And I am happy for the people of Cleveland. So, you know, keep going and, and keep making it happen. And, and hopefully things will get better. Uh, Kansas City, there's nothing injury-wise to worry about. Rashad Higgins didn't practice, has an E and MCL injury. David Njoku is questionable with a knee injury at the tight end position. And uh, Rod Streeter is on injury reserve. Outside of that, nobody to be too uh, concerned about. For Kansas City, you're playing Pat Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. That's, uh, that, that's easy. And then on the other side for Cleveland, if this is your week where you know you you need a backup and you picked up Baker Mayfield for that week where somebody's off, not a bad time to play him because Kansas City doesn't really play a lot of defense. Uh, Nick Chubb, I do like him as a running back too. Duke Johnson Jr. still a flex guy for me. Antonio Callaway has been stepping it up. I do like him as a low end two, high end three wide receiver, maybe high end three. I lean a little bit more there. Jarvis Landry, I'd put Jarvis Landry a little bit above Antonio Callaway. And, you know, if, if David Njoku is good to play, he's not a bad choice, but there's better choices at tight end. And I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win this one. You know, Mike, I think you and I can both agree that, you know, even though this game may be fun, Cleveland just, just doesn't finish games, and that's that, that makes it hard to pick them. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's uh, you know, they got all the coaching questions going on now. So, you know, there's some talent there. There's some redeemable talent, no matter what the play call is or who's calling them based on the talent that's on the field. And, you know, this is a good week for them to convert fantasy-wise on some of that with the, with the relative struggles of the Kansas City defense. So it's going to be interesting to watch this game. Well, the thing that's great, you don't have your head coach, you don't have your offensive coordinator, so you can't really get in trouble if you go run your own plays out there if you're Baker Mayfield. Yeah, just draw them up in the dirt. Let's go. You go down to the bottle cap. No, you're the trash can. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Be like, hey, coach wants us to do this, but uh, Antonio, when you go out uh, up against uh, up against the DB that you're against, what happens? He's like, oh man, I'm getting open all day on the left side. Be like, all right, I'm going to throw it to you. We're supposed to run it, but I'm going to throw it to you on this play. And then when you get a touchdown, you just go over to the coaching staff. You throw your hands up in the air like, I don't know, it worked. So what are you going to do? Be mad at me? You know, and you, I would look at him and be like, "Better watch out! I just got a couple people fired." So, so I, kind of an interesting scenario. You know, the players are are running the ship at Cleveland right now, which that's okay. They got some good players now. Jets at the Dolphins. What do you think about this one? 
Well, I'm going to give everybody the pickup of the year right now, and he may still be out there, and it may not come to fruition this week, but something you definitely want to run and do right this minute is go pick up Elijah McGuire. Elijah McGuire started the year on IR. Below Powell just went on IR. He's going to seamlessly step into that role. Trenton Cannon capable of providing a little bit of support there in the running back situation for Isaiah Crowell, but not to the level of a Bilal Powell. And Elijah McGuire has the juice to do that. He's going to be coming back. It's, it's not clear whether he's going to be fully back this week or next week or whether they ease him into it. But if you're looking for support on your bench, you got a bye week coming up here in the next couple weeks. Your waiver wire is thin. You're going to have to type his name in. You can't just pull up players because he's not even, he's not going to have any stats this year. Elijah McGuire, go pick him up right now. Now, that being said, you know, Sam Darnold's been nothing more than a bye week filler, but this might be a, an okay week for him. You know, again, not a guy you would roster, but if you're in a pinch of quarterback, unfortunately, he's ranked relatively low this week. But you know what? He's going to have his challenges. So if you're in a team, if you're in a league that doesn't penalize you for interceptions, he might be worth throwing out there. But he's the number 24 out of 27 ranked quarterbacks for me this week. Brock Osweiler's been been getting it done a little bit here. And, you know, he said, and he came out and said, and I, I, I didn't understand this, but he said, you know what? When you secure that quarterback job, you don't want to give it up. Like, he's already posturing. Well, I don't think he's good enough to be much more than just a line above Sam Darnold, and I don't know that he can say those things. I'm sure that Miami's anxious to get Tannehill back, but I don't know. Are they? We're going to have to see because I think Tannehill's on a contract year. Brock Osweiler, number 23 quarterback on my rankings this week. Miami, Kenyon Drake's been been challenged at times. This week he's the number 15 running back for us. Frank Gore's been able to – to tote the rock a little bit. He's a little bit dinged up right now, so it'll be interesting to see if he's able to make the game. Kenny Stills been dinged up. You know, Miami's really been dinged up at receiver. Albert Wilson dinged up. Danny Amendola has flourished during this time. He's been given some some better opportunities. He may be a guy that's still out there on a wire as well. Danny Amendola, number 23 target on my rankings this week, so that's a decent play, especially if it's an emergency pickup for you. You know, that don't really feel they have the support at tight end yet in Miami. And going back to New York, you know, they've had their own challenges for the Jets at receiver with Inuwa being injured, Robbie Anderson being injured. Jermaine Curse looked like he picked up the pace a little bit, but now that's not an option that doesn't look like. So I, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Chris Herndon. All he's done is score like three touchdowns in the last three weeks off the top of my head here. This is a guy that you can count on to jump in there. He's a number 16 ranked tight end on my rankings this week, so I don't think you can heavily invest. But again, if you're in a situation where you got somebody on a bye, you know, maybe that's maybe that's an alternative for you. But not a lot of fantasy value on either side of the ball. There is some things that, you know, spark my interest here. Not really excited about watching the game. But I think these games always come down to the last minute, and they're always usually close. And for some reason, a lot of these teams have trouble in Miami. So I'm going to take Miami in this one in a close one. Yeah, I, I think, you know, ultimately when it comes to, you know, th- this game and it comes to the Jets and, and just, you know, playing in Miami, I agree with you. Miami, for whatever reason, is a tough place to play in, even for the Patriots at times, which is which is pretty crazy. And, you know, I, I mean – 
the Jets, you mentioned a lot of injuries. There's there's obviously a lot going on with the Jets. I mean, they haven't had a terrible season. They haven't had an absolutely awful season. I think that they've done some good things out there, but Quincy Anunua is questionable to play in the game, and Robbie Anderson is questionable to play in the game as well. Like you said, Bilal Powell is on injured reserve. And then, you know, besides that, when we look on Miami's side of things, you know, Miami's been up and down this year. They were trying to show that they could do some good things and get some things done. Ryan Tannehill, once again, is injured. He consist- The only consistency he has is injury. And then Kenny Stills has a groin injury, and he's their best option at wide receiver. So, you know, this game has, has a lot of injuries on both sides for these teams, and it, it just, you know, it makes it ugly. However, these are the tight games. These are the 13-10 games, the 17-14 games. So, you know, Sam Darnold, do I feel good about him? No, I think he's a quarterback three right now, low-end two. Uh, Isaiah Crowell, uh, not sold on him. Jermaine Curse, uh, you know, and, and maybe he's an option for you. Rashard Matthews did land with the Jets as well. But, I mean, I think Curse is your best option, or Chris Herndon, as Mike brought up, coming out of Miami at the tight end position. Uh, Chris Herndon, if you got somebody injured, you're looking at the waiver wire, you're looking at free agency, not a bad pickup to have. Jermaine Curse, I, I would put him in a flex position. For Miami, I would look at, you know, there's the opportunity of putting Frank Gore out there as a flex or, you know, looking at Danny Amendola potentially. Uh, Mike Gusecki looks like he'll get some time, but he is uh, he's a roll of the dice in my opinion. So not a lot of crazy fantasy value in this one. And I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Dolphins in this game as well. Like Mike said, there's just something about them being at home, and I agree with Mike on that, and it's something that I brought up this season before. The Lions at the Vikings. The Vikings are coming off of a loss at home to the New Orleans Saints. Now they have the Lions coming in, and the Lions are not easily tamed this year. What do you think about this game? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. You know, I know both teams haven't performed up to their own level of expectations here. Minnesota's defense has struggled at times, which is ironic for who they are and what their identity is. And some of that comes back to their abilities or inabilities at times to run the ball. And some of that comes down to the injuries of Dalvin Cook. They can definitely throw the ball with some of the top receivers in the game. This is a great week for offensive production from the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins, number three quarterback on my rankings this week, whereas on the other side of the ball, Matt Stafford is more like a bi-week filler against that Minnesota defense, checking in at number 19. Dalvin Cook may not make the game. If he does, he may be nursed back into the game bit by bit. So I got Latavius Murray ranked as a bottom-end running back one against Detroit this week. And Dalvin Cook, I got to wait and see what's going to happen. Are they going to bring him back yet? If they do bring him back, is he being uh, slowly integrated back into the offense? And the reason why they want to make sure they're 100% correct is they have a margin of error because they can throw the ball. And they can throw the ball against this Detroit secondary. Adam Thielen is putting on a performance of MVP character, MVP caliber. This is a guy who is getting it done. Now, I was watching the Talking Heads on NFL Network the other day, and they were all arguing that it's because of Stephen Diggs. Because Stephon Diggs draws the number one, That's I, 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 can't, I, I can't dismiss that enough. Adam Thielen is a guy who has performed. He's worked his way up, and he's gotten better and better. And now, regardless of if the number one or the number two is covering him, he warrants – 
you pay attention to him. He's a number one receiver, and he's getting all the targets. Well, he's getting all the targets because of Stephon Diggs. You know what they were really not saying? And this is going to be controversial, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. They were really saying he's white. And I felt bad for the guy. But they were coming up with excuse after excuse, excusing his performance without saying it. And I couldn't help but interpret what they were saying after five or ten minutes that that was the only conclusion, and they kept dancing around it, and it made me very upset. But at the same time, race has no color. To me, there is no color in football. It's the color of the team that you're representing. And the number one wide receiver on the field. And if Stephon Diggs does play, and he's been dinged up here, so there's a there's a chance he may not. Check that. He's, he's, he's warrants a, a, a wide receiver one status as well. He's on the other end. He's the 12 on my rankings this week. But how can these guys complement each other? These guys play well together. Why can't we be happy for the team? Why do we got to dissect things to the minuscule and the ridiculous and, and point out people's differences? It's the difference that makes us so much better. You know, the difference between two different people, the difference between two different athletes, they can complement each other or they can be combustible. They're trying to take a combustible situation, trying to get some ratings on the, on the big network there, and I really didn't appreciate that, but I digress. Kyle Rudolph, number 12, tight end on my rankings this week. I like him a lot. I think he's a touchdown machine waiting to happen. He's waiting to explode here. Now, on the other side of the ball for Detroit, with the departure of Golden Tate, this has brought, brought in some some different opportunity here. Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, you know, there, there were three equally situated wide receivers, and now it's down to two. So Jones and Galladay each get a bump, and and there's a wide range of outcomes here, but pretty much their, their, their ceilings and floors are raised because they're going to get more targets, being Tate's no longer there. Now, Michael Roberts, has shown some progress a couple weeks ago with a couple scores. And, and Michael Roberts from the tight end position could surprise some people. I know he's listed technically below Luke Wilson. I don't think either one of these guys are rosterable, but in an emergency fill-in at tight end for you this week, I might gamble on Michael Roberts scoring a touchdown this week. I, I like Minnesota at home in this game, and I think it's going to be closer than people think, but it's not going to be close. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings in this game as as well. I think that, you know, they went up against a Saints team who's vying for a Super Bowl bid, and I'm ecstatic for the potential of seeing the Rams and the Saints in the playoffs against each other. We get to see them this week in Week 9 on Sunday, November 4th at 425 p.m. Eastern time. So you better watch this week because this could be a sign of the future. And when it comes to, you know, uh, injury-wise in this game, really nothing to be concerned with when it comes to the Lions side of things. Theo Riddick's really the only guy that is out there is questionable. Stephon Diggs is questionable with a rib injury for Minnesota. Uh, we're also looking at Delvin Cook's hamstring, which just like Leonard Fournette and both drafted in the same season, both drafted 2017. Both of those guys are hampered by the same injury, and both of them really not having anything of a season this year. So, you know, on Detroit's side of things, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, on Johnson. I-, I like on Johnson in this game. LeGarrette Blunt's going to get you short yardage, potential touchdown opportunities, but he's not going to do much outside of that. So I would consider LeGarrette Blunt just knowing that you might get six or seven points out of it. 
outside of uh, of putting him out there in that respect. I do like on Johnson. I think he's had himself uh, a pretty good season. And, you know, and then as far as a rookie season, and then Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, I'm not against either one of these guys going out there. I like them both. I think with Golden Tate gone now, there's going to be even more of an emphasis on these gentlemen. So I would like to see what they're going to do. And, and I am a fan of, of what they have. So I like them both. And then, you know, you said Michael Roberts. I don't disagree with you on the potential that Michael Roberts could score a touchdown this week. I think that that very well could be something that happens. And so, you know, he would be not a a high priority at tight end for me, but he would at least be considered, in my opinion. And then on Minnesota's side, I like Kirk Cousins. Uh, Latavius Murray, I, I just, I would like to see a hell of a lot more from Latavius. He has been extremely quiet. You know, he... A running back in the situation that he has should be going wild right now. He should be taking the job. He should be making it so difficult for them to even consider having Delvin Cook come out and play when he comes back healthy. But he's not doing that. He's not doing that by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, for me, I would like to see Mike Boone step it up. I covered Mike Boone when he was at Cincinnati. I got to spend some time with Mike Boone, and I appreciate him. So I would like to see Mike Boone out there doing a little bit more. He had three carries for 11 yards most recently. I'd like to see a hell of a lot more than that. Latavius, you got to make it happen, man. I got Latavius as a flex guy, but I still don't trust him. So, I mean, he's he's flex at best. The Adam Thielen situation, you know, Mike, I don't disagree with you that because, you know, he is, he is a Caucasian uh, wide receiver, the emphasis is that he can't this and he can't that and he won't this and he won't that. And and I agree with you. I think it's total BS. I think it's ridiculous. I think that, you know, racism is not just white against black. It, it could be against anybody. And, you know, I, I think that unfortunately people don't want to believe that he can do what he's doing and don't want to give him credit where he deserves. I don't care if Ad, the only thing that I know Adam Thielen to be is purple because that's the Minnesota Vikings color. And He's purple. Stephon Diggs is purple. Laquan, Laquan Treadwell, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Simeon, everybody's purple on this team. And Adam Thielen is arguably the best, if not top three best, top two best wide receiver in America right now. So give credit where credit is due. I don't care what his color is. I don't care where he came from. I don't care how much money he has. All I care about is what he is doing. And he is playing hell of a good football right now. And I give him a lot of credit for that. I love Adam Thielen out there. I'm happy he's on one of my teams. Stephon Diggs, not a bad play, but Thielen is the guy. And Kyle Rudolph, you know, he's somebody that I could look to in this game as well. Like I said, I'm picking the Vikings. Falcons at the Redskins before we take a step aside. What do you have for this one? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, the Redskins defense has been playing really well the past several weeks, especially. They've been able to stop the run. They just brought in Haha Clinton Dix, so it, it, it begs me the question that these guys are, are are trying to shore things up to head in the right direction here. You know, Atlanta has to pass the ball. They've been having trouble running the ball. They got some great receivers. Wheel Jones, number two receiver on my rankings this week. Austin Hooper stepped it up. He's number 10 on my rankings this week. The running the ball situation is where they've been challenged without Devonta Freeman. I don't know if Tevin Coleman's been able to fully get things done. They've been mixing in Edo Smith, and it's just not the same. But you know what? 
they got a decent quarterback in Matt Ryan, number 10 quarterback on my rankings this week. They're going to have to throw the ball. It's just a matter of what success they're going to have. They're going to have to throw the ball because Washington is going to be able to move the ball on them because of the weaknesses on the offense. But I don't think they're going to be able to push them around or light up the scoreboard quite yet. Alex Smith, still worthy of consideration at a number 14 position on my rankings this week for the Washington quarterback. Running back Adrian Peterson, the man has defied odds. He's quieted critics. He's mystified people with his play. He's been injured and dinged up. He keeps powering through. He's a consummate professional, and for an old guy, he's getting it done. Number 10 running back on my rankings this week. It's unknown if Chris Thompson's going to be back. He may be back. If he is back, he's worthy of an RB2 consideration. RB2 to RB3 maybe a flex consideration. Number 24 on my rankings. And at wide receiver for Washington, you know, Jameson Crowder's been dinged up. Dotson's been trying to answer the call. Jordan Reed finally stepped up a little bit this week. So that's the weakness I think they have is being able to have that air attack. You would have thought Alex Smith and Jordan Reed would have paired up nicely all season because that's what Alex Smith does is those short little passes. Hopefully for Washington, Jordan Reed, and uh, Alex Smith owners, they can – get this going for you in the right situation, especially in a PPR league. That's huge for a guy like Jordan Reed to get those short passes. So I think Jordan Reed is capable of putting up some numbers in this game because of that soft secondary. So I got Jordan Reed as the number five tight end this week. So there is some fantasy implications in this game. I'm going to have to go Geez, it's almost a coin flip for me here. I'm going to go with the home team in the Redskins. Defies kind of what I've been saying fantasy-wise, but fantasy and a real game are two different things sometimes. It's great to put up points, but if your guy's putting up points because you're playing catch-up or they're garbage time, that's what sometimes it amounts to. And I think that's what you're going to get in some Falcons players. So I like the Falcons players in this one more so than Redskins players. But I do like the Redskins to win this game. Yeah, this to me is is going to be a, a tough one, and I agree that it's a toss-up. You know, Atlanta can score a lot of points, but Washington has been very, very, very strong at home. And Washington, again, is leading the NFC East right now, and they're in a position to win the NFC East. They're first in the NFC East. They're 5-2, and two, and at home they, have, they lost to the Colts, and then they defeated the Packers, the Panthers, and the Cowboys all at home in a row since then. So skins are very, very hard to play at home. And uh, injury report-wise, as far as Atlanta goes, Mohamed Sanu is questionable. That's it. Uh, Adrian Peterson has had a shoulder injury and an ankle injury, but he has been muscling through and breaking through and showing how strong he is and how lethal he can still be. So he didn't practice on Wednesday, but I would anticipate that you know we'll see him out there. Just make sure you watch the injury report. You can go to Wake Up Call dt.com when you go to wakeupcalldt.com all you have to do on wakeupcalldt.com is to uh, connect yourself with you go to the fantasy football tab and right under the tab it'll say NFL injury report you click on that and that'll help you make some decisions and if you have any questions make sure that you message me on Facebook at wakeupcalldt Twitter at calldt so I can get you the information that you need Paul Richardson did not practice. He has a shoulder injury. He hasn't done much of anything since coming from Seattle to Washington. And it's funny how he go from Seattle, Washington to Washington. And he's done the same thing in both places, which is be pretty much 
invisible. Jordan Reed has a neck injury. He is questionable to play, so watch that. Jamison Crowder is questionable with an ankle injury, and Chris Thompson is questionable with a with a uh, ribs injury. So just make sure you watch each and every single one of those on the injury report on wakeupcalldt.com under the fantasy football tab. For Atlanta, I still think Matt Ryan's worth the play. I think Tevin Coleman is a low-end running back, too. I think Ito Smith is a flex position for you, especially if you need somebody this week with six teams off. Julio Jones is worth a play. Calvin Ridley is worth a look. I think Calvin's going to have a quiet week. Mohamed Sanu, I just, I'm not sold on him, and he's not 100%. For Washington, and Austin Hooper, I would consider him as well at tight end for Atlanta. For Washington, I like Adrian Peterson. If Chris Thompson's good to go, he can be their best receiver. And look at what he's up against. Jamison Crowder, who's hurt. Paul Richardson, who's hurt. Michael Floyd, who's doing nothing. And Josh Doxson, who's supposed to be the number one guy, but he hasn't gotten anything done. So it's really Jordan Reed, and it's if Chris Thompson's healthy. Adrian Peterson's your best bet with Washington. This is a really tough game for me. I'm going to pick the Falcons, but I think this is going to be a three-point game. Let's take a step aside for a fast break. We'll be back in just a moment where sports meets life on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant.
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Always happy to have you here on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Appreciate you being here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And we are inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, which always becomes the Power Hours. And so we are inside of the second hour of giving you fantasy advice for Week 9 inside of the NFL. And I am here when I say we, myself, and Mike Sofka, Mike of Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com. Free ways and paid ways to help you make sure that you take care of your team in season. So do what you got to do to help out the man. Always appreciate Mike being on the broadcast with me and always appreciate you tuning in to the broadcast right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So much love and much appreciation for that and a thanks to the Wildcat Sports Pub of Camillus as well as the Pennant Trophy Center of East Syracuse and their new location for all that they do to help bring you fantasy football every single week right here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Bucks at the Panthers, Mr. Sofka, what do you got? I'm sorry, you broke up. Which game? The Bucks at the Panthers. What do you got for this one? Yeah, you know, there's going to be some change here, and hopefully you were able to pick up Fitzmagic. I think Fitzmagic is back. I think he's going to keep that job until he has another game where he throws three or four picks. Then we may see Jamison again. Hey, this is a sticky situation, and it all comes down to math. Pretty much, James is in a contract year here, and... If he's on the roster at a certain point in March, I don't have the day in front of me, they have to pick up his option for next year at like $20 million. Well, if he gets hurt, they have to pick up that option. If he doesn't get hurt, they have options. So this is not just about Fitzpatrick playing better than Jameis. Because trust me, they want to see what they really have in Jameis. I think they see what they have in Jameis. I think he's a guy who makes bad decisions on and off the field, and I think that affects his play on the field both ways around, and it's a sad situation that they can't give a guy who was a first-round pick and supposed to be the face of the franchise. They can't give him the keys to the organization because every time he does, he winds up on the news and suspended. Every time he does, he throws interceptions. He's great talent, great release, quick Great outside the pocket, great inside the pocket, but the bad decisions is where it's at. And this is what's costing the Bucks right now is Jameis' bad decisions on and off the field. Fitzpatrick, when he gets on the field, he seems to light up the team around him. They like playing for him. I think Deshaun Jackson really likes the fact that Fitzpatrick is the guy. Fitzpatrick checking in at number five on my quarterback rankings this week. You know, I'd like to sit here and tell you that, oh, the Panthers don't have a good quarterback like Fitzpatrick. Well, they do. They got the number one quarterback this week on my rankings, and Cam Newton going to light up that soft secondary in Tampa. Tampa's been struggling on the defense, and Cam likes him some Cam. He's going to get down there. He's going to call his own numbers, rush. He likes handing the balls to the kids in the crowd. I like it, too, and he's going to do that a lot this week, I think. Christian McCaffrey, number two running back on my rankings this week. Tampa recently struggling to run the ball they were going to bring in ronald jones that didn't work he did score a goal line touchdown for the first rushing touchdown of the week in the last of the year in the last week or so and then peyton barber started getting going was it the threat of ronald jones coming in that got peyton barber to take it to another level well that other level is not quite high enough i know he had a pretty decent week last week but he's number 33 on my rankings that puts him in a flex only situation and the receivers 
Fitzmagic is going to throw the ball, this is where the value is going to be. It's not all a number one guy, but what you have is you have a Mike Evans at number nine. Well, they have more than that. They have guys that will surprise you. They have an Adam Humphreys. He may score a touchdown. That's a that's a daily fantasy guy. That's that guy that could blow up this week and could win you in daily because he's going to be real cheap. Chris Godwin, same thing. Deshaun Jackson, you're going to see some life from Deshaun Jackson. Now, I'm not saying any of these guys above Mike Evans. I'm not saying any of these guys are rosterable on a regular basis. I'm not saying play these guys all the time. But they're feeling good right now in Tampa. And feeling is everything a lot of times. And I know they've been having some struggles, some struggles in the secondary with Carolina. Well, O.J. Howard is going to try to exploit some of those. He's a number 11 tight end on my ranking. And on the other side of the ball, Greg Olson, number 6 tight end. He uses the team in targets when he's healthy. I like that against the soft Tampa secondary. Again, Greg Olson, tight end number 6 on my rankings. You know, the, the wide receivers for Detroit, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, we spoke about them early, each getting a bump up. Luke Wilson may get into the action, but Michael Roberts looks like he might be the most promised to score a touchdown. You know, again, dark horse guy, not a lot of people looking at. Sometimes people don't pay attention to the little things. It's the details that win you championships. Carryon Johnson's more than capable of being the number one man. It's just I don't think he's a number one running back this week. He's a low-end number one number one at 12 on my rankings more like a a running back two, a high-end running back two, and again matt stafford more like a bi-week filling guy against that tight minnesota defense and and, listen to me i'm going on and on i apologize it it it, am am i am i in the right game (laughs) (laughs) you're talking bucks and panthers okay i'm just wondering i I'm like, wait a second, Matt Stafford. What am I talking about here? It's it's all right, Mike. It's okay. You know, it's I I think that the Joker released one of those potions out to the world, and I think we've all gotten a little bit sleepy. See, what I can say, and you can't say this because you're down in Florida, but I could say this in Central New York. I can say what a lot of people say: the rain and the clouds have caused me to be confused or depressed or sad, and you know, I I could say that. I could pull that off. Because, you know, because of the weather that we have up here. You can't say that down there. So I apologize for you with that. But I love you dearly. And I was riding with you through the Jameis Winston thing and Cam Newton. And, you know, you want to give some more information on Matt Stafford? I'll roll with it, baby. That's what we got to do. No, no. Here's here's the bottom line. You got to go with Caroline. You got to go with Cam Newton, all right? Cam Newton is the guy. He's going to call his own number. They're going to win by at least a touchdown. I'm going to take Caroline in this game. The Carolina Panthers. I'm also going to take Carolina in this matchup as well. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I I don't know what to say about Jameis Winston. And I, I don't understand why this, I mean, he was drafted so high. He was supposed to be the guy. But, again, he got in a lot of trouble. Well, he wasn't guilty of this. Well, he went to court for this. Well, he was acquitted. Of it. it doesn't. It was like okay, he's acquitted of this, and that stuff happens. Okay, people get get you know falsely reported, and you know somebody wants to steal your career, take your money, or your fame, or your reputation. I understand that. Okay, I understand that. Being in the entertainment world, I understand that. But, 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 
Jameis Winston continued to get in trouble. And things kept coming up. And things kept going on. So then it was like, is it Jameis? Is it not Jameis? And now it kind of feels like it always was Jameis. And you're supposed to be the leader of the team. You're supposed to be the leader of the offense. You're supposed to be the guy that they could go to. You're supposed to be the voice of reason. You're supposed to be the voice in the locker room that everybody can listen to when everybody's quiet and they're listening to one singular voice. You are none of those things. You're a guy who stole crab legs from Publix. That is what is going on. So, I mean, I don't understand what is happening. I don't get why it's happening. And, you know, this is where we're sitting right now. It makes absolutely no sense to me. There's a bunch of injuries. We got Mike Evans questionable on this thing. We got Peyton Barber questionable as well, you know, for Tampa. And we have, you know, Jameis Winston as just a questionable player out there and a questionable leader. Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing just fine. And this is what I always say. Don't rock the cradle. Don't shake it. Just let it be what it is. Ryan Fitzpatrick, when he heard the footsteps, as soon as Jameis Winston was like, you know, when they played against the Bears, it was like Jameis Winston is now available to play again. Ryan heard footsteps and he wasn't himself. Tampa has done this repeatedly. Jacquez Rogers running the ball well. Somebody comes back, they throw him to the side. Ryan Fitzpatrick doing a good job. Jameis Winston comes back, they throw him to the side. Stay with Fitzmagic. There's a reason why everybody likes that hashtag, for the most part. So let it be what it is. And I'd rather see Ryan Fitzpatrick run the team into the ground than Jameis Winston be here for another five minutes before he does something stupid again. Cam Newton, shoulder in, and I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to do a bad job. So for everybody that thinks that I, I, I just said the Bucks will run into the ground, that's not what I meant. I'm just saying I would rather see Ryan on a runaway train than Jameis Winston, who'd probably be laughing the whole way as the conductor. Cam Newton, quarterback, is questionable in the game. Torrey Smith is, is questionable as well with a knee injury. And outside of that, really nothing to worry about. What do I like on Tampa? Mike Evans, if he's good to go, is a low-end two. Oh, he's a high-end two. Deshaun Jackson, I would put him as a two. O.J. Howard, I like him as well. Chris Godwin, if you got to go flex or waiver wire or free agency. As far as Carolina goes, Cam Newton, if he's healthy and well to go, I'm going with Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey all day, and uh, Greg Olson. And I would consider Carolina's defense and special teams since the Bucs don't have any. Steelers at the Ravens, my good my good sir. The Steelers are, are running the docket right now. They they are going to you know that, that tour and uh, you know and and going through what they have right now you know they got to play the browns again they got the better of them this time now they're playing the ravens what do you think about this one yeah i think they're going to get the better of the ravens this time as well i'm going to go with the steelers i know the the ravens are favored i know the ravens have been playing some decent defense as of late it's just i think the ravens are having trouble running the ball and the steelers aren't skipping a beat with james connor number five running back on my rankings this week and, you know, when you talk about the Steelers, you got to talk about Antonio Brown. You have to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster's in that conversation, too. Look, Antonio Brown, number four wide receiver on my rankings. Juju Smith, number 16 wide receiver. And now you almost have to include Vance McDonald in that conversation. They're trying to become, and they're almost becoming like Minnesota, where you have to name all those guys. They're all number ones in their respective positions. So, the only exception is this week. I think Roethlisberger's a tick down. I think it's going to be led by the rushing attack of James Conner. I think that Roethlisberger's a number 15 quarterback on my rankings this week. And on the other side of the ball, 
usually can't count on Flacco. They're going to have to score to keep up with what uh, I think Pittsburgh's going to be able to do. I think Pittsburgh's going to be able to score, and I think Baltimore's going to be forced to respond. Joe Flacco, number 17 quarterback on my rankings this week. They're having trouble running the ball. That's why they went out and got Ty Montgomery. Alex Collins is going to be affected by that long term a little bit. Uh, you know, up until last week, up until this last game, I haven't really seen Javorius Allen do much of anything. You can't really count on him, and I think he takes a downgrade now with Ty Montgomery in the fold. It's not all going to happen this week. It's going to be a gradual pro- progression over the next several weeks, but you can see that trend in that way, so make sure you're prepared for that. And, you know, the, the, the Ravens, Michael Crabtree's been surprising me. He's worthy of wide receiver two consideration number 20 on my rankings this week and of course i would be remiss if i didn't talk about john brown i think john brown's the best receiver on the team and you know i think he's right there with crabtree on the rankings at about 20 this week so again they're trying to find that formula as well and they're trying to find that formula you normally need at least one other guy and that other guy that other guy may be hayden hurst uh, hayden hurst coming back he's a rookie but he got hurt a broken foot couple weeks he, he he's been dinged up the bottom line is this is a guy if you watched him play in college this is a guy you want on your team so if you've got a situation where you may need a backup guy that could fill in you know maybe a, a week 11 a week 12 or something he may come into his own by that time now i like what mark andrews has been doing there at tight end for baltimore and i and i think they they've been able to plug and play a little bit but you know, Hayden Hurst is the future. This guy's a ball player. This guy's got touchdown maker written all over him. He did score a touchdown last week, and that's a guy you want to keep your eye on. This week, though, he's only number 26 on my rankings for tight end. I think the Steelers are going to return to favor, and I think we're going to see a home loss for the Ravens here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers in this one as well, Mr. Sofka. I, I feel that happening. So, you know, um, you, you know, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at this and and I'm looking at the situation and I just feel like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, I understand he's got a finger injury, but, you know, for me, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner's done such a great job. You know, even if Mason Rudolph had to come in, you know, and, and hand the ball off, I just feel good about them. Vance McDonald, you know, as well. I just, you know, the Steelers are really turning into something special right now. And I think that that is, you know, great uh, to see. I think that James Conner, I'm a huge fan of him. I've been a fan of him when he was at Pittsburgh. So I just want the best for the man. And, you know, so I would play Big Ben in this one. Consider Big Ben in this one. Uh, I think he's a high-end quarterback, too, because the injury low-end one. James Conner, running back one. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Vance McDonald. I like them all. And then on Baltimore's side, you know, Joe Flacco, if you got somebody on an off week or whatever, that's fine. You can throw him out there. Uh, Alex Collins, I think, will struggle, so he's relegated to a running back three for me this week. John Brown, I agree with you. Sneed's been, been, you know, just like he was in New Orleans. Not he's on the field, but he's not. And then Michael Crabtree, you know, he's been okay. He started off okay, but John Brown's kind of the guy that's getting the looks. I think Hayden Hurst or Mark Andrews is a toss-up right now. I wouldn't go to either one of them as your dominant, but if you need somebody, there's a chance that one of them or both of them is out there. Pick them up, throw them in this week, see what they can do. I do like John Brown, but I am going with the Steelers. Texans at the Broncos, Mr. Sofka. What do you have for this? 
Yeah, unfortunately, the, the quarterback play at Sean Watson's been suspect recently. He gets a downgrade, even though it's at Denver. You know, I think the Denver defense is going to be able to pressure him a little bit. That's what they do, pressure the quarterback, and that makes the rest of the job but the rest of the defense usually a lot easier. Deshaun Watson, number eight quarterback. Now, you know, I'm not going to discount the addition that they have there at wide receiver. Demarius Thomas should get more targets and better quality targets from a better quarterback that he had in Denver. So he should get a lot more vertical looks, too. I, I think he's lost a step or two. I don't think he's the threat to DeAndre Hopkins or taking some of his touches. Ironically, I think it makes DeAndre Hopkins a little better, a little more appealing. Because if you're doubling DeAndre Hopkins, then you have the threat of Demarius Thomas. So I think it works out for both. I think Demarius Thomas is, you know, first cap into the shoot here this coming game. I think he's the number 31 uh, receiver on my rankings this week. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins checking in at number five, definitely a wide receiver one situation. Uh, the thing about the tight end situation in Houston has been perplexing because they have Brian Griffin, they got Jordan Thomas, Jordan Atkins, all young guys, all stepping up individually. One week it looks like one guy, one week it looks like somebody else. Well, it looks like Jordan Thomas is going to try to secure that role. From, and, and I think we're gonna, still going to see some Jordan Atkins from uh, UCF, but I think that Jordan Thomas is the answer they're looking for. I don't think either one of those guys are rosterable or maybe even playable this week, but it is something to monitor if you're looking at, at other receivers. Kiki Cootie may be coming back here soon. Uh, it's questionable if he's going to return yet. And if he does, how is the impact of Demarius Thomas in play now going to affect him? He's more like going to be a number three type guy when he is back in full force. Lamar Miller, they've been struggling to run the ball at times because of that offensive line. He's the number 20 running back on my rankings. Um, and like I said before, the Broncos are struggling at quarterback too. You know, I, I you got to wonder if they're heading in the right direction with Case Keenum. I don't know if if John Elway's been making the right decisions. Did he make a wrong decision with Case Keenum? The, the, the jury's still going to be out on this, but you know he could be taking the Denver Broncos down the road that Cleveland and Buffalo have been down and are going down where you're systematically breaking a team apart indirectly and not realizing it. You're overplaying your hand. You're making bad decisions. And ask Jameis Winston what bad decisions do for you on and off the field. It's not good. Case Keenum, number 22 quarterback on my rankings this week. And Denver's going to run the ball. And this kid, Phillip Lindsay, he's all over the place. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. I, I just can't explain this guy. He just pops off the screen at you. Number 14 running back on my rankings. This is a team that everybody thought Royce Freeman was going to walk in and be the guy. Well, Royce Freeman's been on the mend a little bit. And he looks to, to try to get himself back in the game. But don't kid yourself. It's Devontae Booker at times, but more so, it's really Philip Lindsay's show there. And now it's Emmanuel Sanders' show there with the departure of Demarius Thomas. Cortland Sutton gets a big bump, though. This is a guy who was already breaking into the starting lineup and is fully capable of being the number two receiver. Watching the next year or so if he's not pushing to be the number one guy. But I think they got a good tandem there with Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton. And you know what? Jeff Auerman's been showing up a little bit as well. So hopefully this will push things in the right direction and prove me wrong that maybe Case Keenum wasn't the right decision for John Elway. But definitely in this game here, 
I'm going to have to lean toward the Broncos and lean that the Broncos are going to win this game just for being at home. I'm going to take the Broncos. Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos in this one. I think the Broncos, you know, got something, you know, they got something going. I, I don't think that they're, you know, necess- they're not a contender, but I, I don't think they're really a pretender either. I think they're somewhere in between. So, you know, for Houston, DeAndre Hopkins, foot injury, uh, let me run you down this thing. Uh, Will Fuller's on IR. No surprise. It's really sad, but that's where he always ends up. And then on the side for the Denver Broncos, as we look at them, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, the rookie, he didn't practice. He has a knee injury. He's out in the game. Uh, Royce Freeman, he's questionable for the game with an ankle injury. Outside of that, really nobody to uh, to worry about. So, you know, Houston, again, they are in a conference, or they're in a division in the AFC South where the Jaguars are faltering and the Colts don't look that great and the Titans can't get it done. And so they're probably going to win this division again, but it doesn't mean that they're good. So, you know, Deshaun Watson, he's a quarterback too for me this week. If he's your backup, throw him out there. Uh, I don't like any of the running backs. I haven't for a while. I wanted Alfred Blue to be more than he is. DeAndre Hopkins is, is worth the play in this game. And, uh, you know, Jordan Atkins, if you got, you know, UCF, shout out, what's up? Covered him at UCF, interviewed him there. And in my opinion, you know, maybe you give him a shout. Maybe you give him an opportunity. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I, I, would, I would say only if you're really digging right now because consistency has not been there and they haven't, you know, given him the ball a lot. Uh, Denver, not a big fan of the quarterback situation. Philip Lindsay, I would play him in this game, and I'd play Emmanuel Sanders. It's funny how Demarius Thomas wasn't fitting in anymore, and then they got rid of him because Emmanuel Sanders has stepped up and been the guy. Cortland Sutton's not a bad flex flex player that you might be able to pick up too because of the fact that now he moves up the depth chart as a rookie, and he's got hands on hands on hands. So think about that. Chargers at the Seahawks. We're going to run through this one quick because then we got to take a fast break and do our trio of games. So Chargers-Seahawks, Mike, what do you got? Well, I'm going to watch the first 15 minutes of this game. Then I'm going to switch over to the Rams and the Saints. It's a shame because I want to see this game, but the Rams and the Saints I want to see worse. You know, uh, Seattle's going to win this game at home because that's what they do. Uh, Russell Wilson's been inconsistent this year, but worthy of number 12 ranking on my rankings this week. Russell Wilson, bottom end, quarterback one. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball there, I, I think, Philip Rivers is a guy who's worthy of being in the same breath as Russell Wilson with this. I think it's a good matchup, a quarterback play. It's going to be very interesting. And I think one of the reasons why it's going to be interesting is you take a look at some of the running back play that that both teams can have. It's underestimated, in my opinion, that these guys don't get the the credit they deserve. I don't think Melvin Gordon gets the credit he deserves for being a, a solid number one. He checks in at number eight this week against that Seattle defense. And then on the other side of the ball, I think it's the same thing with Chris Carson. You know, I think Chris Carson doesn't get the notoriety he deserves. He's an excellent running back, but I just can't rank him above some other guys. So this week he's the number 28 running back on my rankings. And Seattle's going to have to spread the ball around. They're going to have to hope that Baldwin's back up to speed, that Lockett can continue that production, and that David Moore can continue to score touchdowns on a regular basis like he does. David Moore's an outstanding guy to pick up, especially in a touchdown-only league. He's only getting three or four targets a game, but he seems to be 
it's real important. Uh, Nick Bennett, Ed Dixon checking in at tight end. I don't think you could roster either one of those guys, but they, maybe as an emergency bye week fill in for you. And on the other side here, uh, I think the Chargers are desperate for a tight end. Now that Hunter Henry's been out for a while. I, you don't really see Antonio Gates, so I don't find any value there. Where the value is for the Chargers is in receiver and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, a, a bottom-end one for us this week. Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams both getting it done. And look for an Austin Eckler to show up and score a touchdown or two as a flex player or an RB2 for you this week. I think that Seattle's going to win this game narrowly. I think it's going to be a great game. But like I said, I'm more interested in our next game. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I would I would tend to agree with you on that. And I was very interested in the Saints Vikings game, which was on replay last night, and I was sitting watching. So you know, it's and that's when you know you're a true fan because you will sit and watch a game that you already know the outcome of. Chargers, you know, on their side, Melvin Gordon hamstring injury uh, limited in practice on Wednesday. He's questionable right now. Uh, you know, the tight end situation, there's injuries all over the place for the Chargers. On the Seahawks side of things, besides getting flipped the bird by your own player, which is always fun, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, looking at this and, and seeing what we got here. Doug Baldwin, limited participant with a knee injury. And, you know, outside of that, really nothing to worry about. So, you know, on for me, for, I'll start with the Chargers, you know, the road team, as I always do. I think Phillip Rivers is worth the play in this game. I think, you know, if Melvin Gordon is good to go, then look to him. Uh, Keenan Allen in this one as well. Tyrell Williams, not a bad wide receiver, low end two, high end three, flex guy for you. Not a big fan of, of the tight ends and, and what they have going down there. And then as far as Seattle goes, I would say, you know, Russell Wilson is is worth the play, but I would I would edge out Philip Rivers above him a little bit. Chris Carson, if you want to throw him out there, I think he's a flex guy, and you know I'm really not a big fan of the receivers that they have. Uh, Nick Vanette, he might be able to get you a score, but he is you know he he's an option at tight end that'll be interesting to see. We'll take our final step aside for a fast break. I'm going to go with the Chargers in the game. We'll do our trio when we get back. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us central and upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, 
in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT and on WakeUpCallDT.com. I appreciate you being here, and thank you for being a part of the broadcast. The Fantasy Football Power Hours is on the Wildcat Sports Pub in the Pennant Trophy Center, proudly bringing you the Fantasy Football Power Hours with myself, Dan Satora, and Mike Sofka, who is of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. we got a trio of games to go to, and the Rams at the Saints is the next one up on the docket. What do you have for this? Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. I want to see this game, and uh, I'm going to click off the red zone maybe or, or have it side-by-side because side, uh, – you know, I think the Saints could easily be undefeated. You know, they ran into Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's the only blemish there. And I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points scored in this one because Drew Brees is capable of keeping up with the Rams' pace, I think. It's just a matter, is his defense going to get one or two stops to help him out? You know, when you talk about the Rams, you got to go Todd Gurley. He's arguably the top player in the game. He's dynamic. He's on the field all the time. He gets all the touches and targets from the running back position within reason. I mean, you know, they try to get spread that out a little bit, but it's all him. It's all the Todd Gurley show. And Jared Goff compliments that very well. Number seven quarterback on my ranking against a, a kind of soft New Orleans defense, especially in the secondary. You know, Jared Goff is an outstanding quarterback, or is it the talent around him? Is it the fact that he's got these other playmakers like a Robert Woods and a Brandon Cooks? Both guys, you can start. Robert Woods is the number one there. Don't let anybody fool you. He's number six ranked uh, uh, wide receiver on my rankings this week. And Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, number 17. You would have thought he'd be the number one guy. He's not. And Cooper Cup might be back from the concussion. They're looking for him to check in as a flex play, maybe a, a wide receiver three. He's a playmaker. I like him a lot, but fresh back from the injury, I'm not, you know, I'm not sold as much. So uh, on the other side of the ball, you know, I, I think that New Orleans is going to have to get some plays. I think guys like a Ben Watson are going to have to step up. He checks in as number 14 tight end this week. And I think Michael Thomas is absolutely going to step up number three receiver for me this week. And, I, you know, he seems to be the guy 
However, Traquan Smith's been sneaking up there, so watch out for a Traquan Smith. He's still available on a waiver wire in a lot of places, but when you talk about New Orleans, it's all about Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Alvin Kamara is like number four on my rankings this week. Mark Ingram's number 17, but still, it's still two guys, and they're, of course, led by Drew Brees. Drew Brees, outstanding career, still outstanding for his age, number nine quarterback this week. I look for an exciting game. I look for a lot of fantasy points in this game, and I think that the Saints are going to win this one at home and put the first blemish on the Rams' record. You know, Saints are they're playing spoiler to a lot of people. Going into Minnesota is not an easy thing to do, so... You know, you got the Saints, and, you know, Mr. Sofka, I got the Saints in this one too. And, you know, the Rams Rams are a good team, and Rams are definitely going to just – they're going to they're gonna set this up, and they're going to – you know, they're gonna, I, this is so hard for me. It really is. I mean, the Rams are a good team. The Rams are undefeated. They're the only undefeated team out of 32 franchises in the NFL in America. But the Saints are on something – you know, right now they are on a mission and they are playing extremely well. And I have a lot of respect for what they're doing. And, you know, I was like, can they play spoiler to Minnesota in Minnesota? And they did. And I know the Rams are better than Minnesota, but this is another opportunity which could set up for the rematch, right? The Saints, whoever beats whoever in this game, there's going to be that rematch potentially in the NFC Championship game. So I think the Saints win this one. And then the Rams say, okay, we'll see you a step out of the Super Bowl and see what you got. Cooper Cup is questionable for this game with an E and MCL injury for the Rams. And outside of that, outside of the people already on injury reserve, nobody to be too concerned with fantasy-wise. For the New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas questionable with a shoulder injury. Cam Meredith questionable with a knee injury. And, uh, and outside of that, everybody should be okay. Cam Meredith came on a little bit, did some good things, but ultimately, you know, didn't get the job, uh, you know, done. He hasn't been a guy who's really stepped out. He had a couple good weeks, kind of back to back, and outside of that, has been relatively quiet in his first season with the Saints. For the Rams side, I like Jared Goff in this one. He's a low end quarterback one for me. Todd Gurley, obviously, uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods are worth the play, especially if Cooper Cup doesn't end up getting out there. And then for the Saints, Drew Brees. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, I like them all in this one. Traquan Smith is not a bad pickup for you due to the injuries that are out there. So just make sure that you're watching that stuff because Michael Thomas and Cam Meredith are both questionable. If Michael Thomas plays, you've got to play Michael Thomas. But Traquan Smith, not a bad pickup for you, and and, and I'm going to love watching this game. Sunday night football, Packers at the Patriots. What do you have for this? Yeah, this is another great game. I'm interested. I'm more interested because of the two quarterbacks. The quarterback plays spectacular. Both of these quarterbacks, the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers checking in at number four on my rankings this week, and Tom Brady at number six. So I like a little shootout, but they're going to need some support. Green Bay's really going to need support. Aaron Jones is on the way up. Hopefully he can continue going that way. Number 18 running back on my on my rankings this week. New England's had struggles with Sony Michelle being dinged up, but that bodes well in fantasy for James White. He's the most reliable option there, and he, they throw a lot of those little passes to him. So especially in a PPR league, he's an RB1, number seven on my rankings this week. 
And I think there's going to be some outstanding plays from some guys who aren't necessarily always thought of as the elite receivers. Uh, Devontae Adams checking in at number seven on my rankings this week. He has big play written all over him. And you know what? I think big plays written all over Josh Gordon, and I think Josh Gordon's going to make a big play in this. I like Josh Gordon for a big play, but you can't count on that. So I got him as a wide receiver three this week. Julian Edelman's the number one receiver there, and he's probably going to be a guy that you're going to want to look for as a as a low-end one, high-end two, and tight end. Rob Gronkowski, he's definitely always worthy of a tight end one designation, although it's been inconsistent. I think he's been dinged up, and I think call playing hasn't dictated certain things, certain ways for him. But I think Gronkowski, you know, overcoming the back injury, I think he's worth a play definitely as an RB1. He's not the top tight end anymore, but he's worthy of top tight end consideration. Number three on my rankings. And then when you look at tight end on the other side, you know, Jimmy Graham's been on the way up. He's checking in at number seven. And I like what's been going on in Green Bay. Randall Cobb coming back. Geronimo Allison coming back. Valdez Scantling. I, I think there's going to be some exciting points scored in this game, both in real time and for fantasy players. But you know what? I got to go with the evil empire. I always go with the evil empire, especially when they're at home. You got to pick the Patriots in this one. <laughs> the evil empire that it is. I'm going to go with the Patriots in, in this one as well. The, you know, they started off floundering and everybody wondered, are they bad? And are they going to be able to get it done? And yada, yada, yada. And, you know, that has, that has been their MO. That has been the Patriots. You know, that team that, you know, makes you think, oh, they're probably down a little bit this year. They're probably struggling a little bit this year. But it's not. It's just a game because it is the evil empire. And they want you to think that they're not building the Death Star, but they're building a bigger and better one, and it's ten times the size. That's just how they are. The Packers have a lot of injuries. Randall Cobb, hamstring, questionable. Jimmy Graham, knee, questionable. Equinemius St. Brown, love the name. Knee, questionable. Geronimo Allison, hamstring, questionable. All out there right now with the team. Aaron Rodgers, knee and MCL, he's questionable, but we know the man can play on one leg. And then as far as the Patriots go, the New England Patriots in this matchup injury-wise, they have uh, Julian Edelman's ankle injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, Josh Gordon's hampered by a hamstring injury. And Sonny Michelle was limited, which is good to see that he's actually practicing. Knee and MCL injury is questionable. I'm going to make this very easy. I could just say play everybody. That would make my job. That would make my job. Make a really, really quick analysis. I like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Ty Montgomery is finally gone. I said he could be a great weapon for somebody else that knows how to use him because the Green Bay Packers aren't that type of team. They're a traditional team. They're not the type of team to have a guy that could be a slash player and do this, that, and everything. So let Ty go somewhere else, and that's what they did. So I like Aaron Rodgers. I like Devontae Adams. Those are my two big ones in, in, in this. And then if Geronimo Allison is healthy to go, I don't think he's a bad play for you. Mercedes Lewis, not bad to look at if he is going to, if uh, Jimmy Graham, in fact, is not a full go for this game. So just keep that in mind. Tom Brady, I heard that he's pretty good. You should probably play him. Sony Michelle, I'd look at him too. James White, obviously. James White, the last couple years, came on one or two times in the regular season and then killed it in the postseason. 
Now he's killing it in the regular season. And I saw this happen. I felt like this was going to happen, that he was going to be utilized more. And why not? He's a weapon. So, And they always seem to have that guy. So let's make it happen. Let's keep it going. And, you know, in, in my, you know, for me, I, I think the James White, you know, they did it with Kevin Falk. They've done it with so many different guys on this team, catching the ball out of the backfield as a running back. So I'm going to give a lot of, a lot of love to James White and say you should definitely put him out there for you in this game. And then Julian Edelman, if he's healthy to go. Josh Gordon, if he's healthy to go. Rob Gronkowski, you got to put Rob out there as well, even though I do think Travis Kelsey is the best one out there when it comes to tight ends. I'm picking the Patriots. Titans at the Cowboys. Somehow this became a game that we have to watch on Monday night. How did it happen, Mr. Sofka? Well, that's because... The venue, I think, more than anything for the Cowboys. What do you think about this game? Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) You got two guys. You got Ezekiel at number three on my rankings this week, and and Deion Lewis in the PPR leagues worthy of RB2 consideration. Otherwise, I don't even have any of these guys rostered. I'm not interested in Dak. I'm not interested in Marcus Mariota. I'm not interested in the receivers. The one thing I am curious is how they bring Amari Cooper into the fold, how that pans out. But there's no tight ends. Corey Davis is inconsistent as a number one. There's nothing to have there. There's nothing to have from Janu Smith. I, I just it, It's going to be boring. Maybe for the Amari Cooper factor. Maybe I'll have it on in the background and multitask. But Ezekiel Elliott and Deion Lewis, that's it. And, oh, for the record, I'll take Dallas just because they're at home. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys because they're at home as well. I mean, that's the only reason why this game's on Monday Night Football or else it would be relegated to a dungeon somewhere where I think that maybe that's where it should be. I, I just I have no desire. I mean, how is this Monday night? Anywho, Delaney Walker is obviously still on injury reserve. There's nobody else to worry about with Tennessee. On Dallas's side of it, injury-wise, just to let you know really quick here, uh, Jeff Swaim has a knee and MCL injury at tight end. He is questionable. So is Tavon Austin. Amari Cooper's concussion has left him questionable as well. Let's make this free and easy. Down the road we go. And that is to say for Tennessee, consider Deion Lewis. Put him out there as a flex position player and have fun with that. I have nothing else to say. And Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm right there with you, Mike. There's not there's not much to be had in this game by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I'm kind of... I'm kind of questioning why this game ended up on Monday nights. But with that being said, this is your Week 9 Fantasy Football Advice. Catch us with every single episode by going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on the Fantasy Football page or scrolling down on the home page and clicking on the Fantasy Football logo helmet. You can also get the injury report and our predictions for each game by going to the Fantasy Football tab, and underneath the tab you'll find the injury report and the predictions. As always, Mr. Sofka, I appreciate it. Mike of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. All of our stuff is on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com, the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, TuneIn Radio, and on Podbean. You can get all that by going to wakeupcalldt.com and clicking on any one of those logos at the top of the homepage. In the meantime, I'll talk with you soon, Mike. God bless you as always, and thank you for all you do. Sounds great, Dan. Talk to you next time. All right, take care. And coming from Mr. Sofka, always appreciate the man. And I want to thank, once again, the Pennant Trophy Center and the Wildcat Sports Pub. To make a quick note here for everybody that is tuning in, make sure that you listen in on Friday. It is going to be a jam 
packed show. There is so much stuff coming up this Friday. I can't even begin to. I, I, I really. I, there's so much on Friday's show. We're going to start off with the annoying moment of the week, proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt. Then after that, in the first hour of the show, we're going to get into the segment Significant Sound Bites, which will feature many different voices. Larry Fedora of North Carolina, Willie Taggart of Florida State, Dave Clawson speaking on Syracuse ahead of the Syracuse at Wake Forest game this Saturday. You're also going to hear my conversation one-on-one with Nikeem Johnson, and we talk about Lil Wayne, which is very fun because I love Lil Wayne, and I like Uproar and Mona Lisa, who are on the Carter Five. Where You're also going to hear from Andre Schmidt, who is a semifinalist for the Top Kicker in the Nation Award. Andre Schmidt's going to be joining the show for the first time. All of those sound bites are going to happen, and maybe another special one. And then in the second hour of the show from 10 a.m. until whenever we decide to finish, you know the show is 9 to 11 Monday through Friday. Well, on Fridays, we go 10 a.m. to a question mark because I have Jordan Newman and John Newman, and we are bringing you Friday Morning Live FML on video and audio. You can watch us on Facebook Live by going to facebook.com backslash DT and have some fun with that. So make sure that you do that. Make sure you're tuning in on Friday. God bless. In the meantime, be good to each other, be good to yourself, and know that even though you think right now that you can't defeat what's in front of you, I promise you that you will look back someday and go, not only do they make me better, stronger, and smarter, and build my knowledge and my wisdom, but I can handle 20 times that the next time around. Don't ever give up on yourself. Always bet on you, and know that God loves you. Have a great day, and I'll talk with you soon.